This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go we? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah, we should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Welcome to the Front Room Material brand. My name is Mike Freeland. I'm excited to be bringing you another interview uh, from a wrestling star who I've gotten a chance to follow and I've done my research on. I've got to see several of her matches and I'll be honest with you, she definitely has what it takes. She is a current dancer as well. We'll talk about that. She is uh, originally from Seattle, Washington, uh, but she spent some time in the hardcore city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Without any more Let's go ahead and let's bring her in. Kimberly, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am fantastic. As I said before, thank you so much for carving some time for us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be here. So let's go ahead and let's kind of jump kind of right into some things here. So obviously you're in pro wrestling and, uh, you know, I was doing some research on you and, and China was a big influence on you. Am I right? Yeah, actually. Um, back in the day, I wasn't really allowed to watch much wrestling just my mom was kind of a stricter parent i was the first child and growing up was the attitude era so at this point in my life i can see why she was kind of standoffish to it (laughs) um but i still snuck around and watched it anyway and um i remember just being fascinated by china and the fact that 
she took on anyone and everyone and it didn't matter male or female and like just that badass quality about her is something I've always tried to emulate. So how did you first stumble across wrestling? I mean, was it something that was just flipping through the channels or you had heard about it or how was the, the first, Oh, this is wrestling. Um, it was some of that. And it was also, um, a couple of friends I had at the time growing up really loved wrestling. And so being over at their house, I would watch it with them and play with their action figures. And it, it made me curious as to what this was all about. So as I had mentioned before in the intro, and I did some research here, you are, uh, you're a professional dancer and you've been doing it for the better part of, of the last, what, 30 years almost. So how they, I haven't, I haven't regularly danced in a while now um but you are correct i grew up um from the age of two i started in ballet um and i went all the way through college until i received my uh bachelor's i have a bfa in dance education and i have taught here and there since and i've i just actually started taking a dance class again regularly um a couple weeks ago so I'm kind of getting back into it. But um, these days, I'm actually a veterinary technician. So I'm a, I'm a vet nurse. Uh, oh, my gosh. So. That is exciting. So kind of changing gears here. So uh, what, what kind of sparked your interest in deciding, you know what, I want to kind of have a change in direction? Um, well, so wrestling kind of took over my life for the better part of these last 13 years. Um, and to kind of support that. I've always been the type that there should always be a backup plan. Um, our bodies can only do this for so long. And the reality of the performance aspect of wrestling is that it is finite. There is an ending. Um, and I've always kind of wanted to be prepared for that. Now, um, I was bartending um, for a long time. Um, I My grandparents owned a restaurant growing up. So I started bussing tables when I was about 14 years old. So, and I've had a job ever since. Um, and just when the pandemic hit, I watched both of my sources of income basically disappear in 24 hours. Um, and that kind of sparked me wanting to get into the veterinary um, field. I have always loved animals. I'm a vegan. I can't even eat them. Um, and it, it just was something that I was like, this is a job that can be a career and there's always going to be a need for veterinary veterinarians and veterinary nurses. And um, so that's what kind of swung me into that field now. So I've been doing that. Um, I've been working as a technician for about two years now. So it's so interesting. You mentioned that because we've had crowbar on the show um, and, and he was mentioning before too, just working, um, you know, a, a, a typical job, I would say. And it's so important to have a backup. It's so important because like you said before, you know, your body can only last so long and you want to have something that can sustain you. Mm -hmm. I mean, because there's no real retirement plan when it comes to pro wrestling, um, especially with insurance and just all the expenses that come around with wrestling too. I think a lot of people really don't think about that. Uh, it definitely is a very costly endeavor. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, training is a couple thousand dollars if you go to a good school, um, plus the amount you spend to have gear made and updated all the time, plus the amount you spend on merch, which hopefully you get back, but it doesn't come back as fast as you would think it does. Um, and 
just it, travel expenses that for the beginning of your career aren't covered um, and just all types of stuff. It, and we, we aren't contract, like I, even at the highest level, when you are, have a contract, it's still a 1099, like they don't take your taxes out. So you have to prepare for that at the end of the year. Um, and there is no retirement plan. There is no insurance plan. You have to go and think about all of that on your own. And you have to put aside the money for insurance if you want it. Um, I know when I was signed, like they would cover, they would cover anything that happened to you while you were there. But if something, if you had an illness or anything come up that didn't like that was on you, um, still. So it, it's, it's a lot and you really have to have a passion and a commitment to it, um, in order to be able to do it. That's for sure. So kind of going backwards here, when you decided that you wanted to, to get into wrestling, um, what schools did you check out? I mean, I know a lot of times people say, you know, I did a lot of research on different places and a lot of it had to do with location to where I was or somebody who I had a lot of respect for. So how did that all come together when you were deciding who do I follow as far as training? Um, well, for me, I kind of fell into wrestling. Um, I wasn't, uh, I didn't really research any school. I just got very, very lucky. Um, it was, I um, had moved to Philadelphia from Seattle for college. Um, mm-hmm. And when I was there, I ended up getting a job working at a haunted house. Um, and through that, I met a lot of people that were from um, the Philly area, not just like the college students that I was going to school with. And um, they uh, asked me if I wanted to, my uh, girl, Melissa, who's still one of my best friends to this day, asked me if I wanted to go to a wrestling show with her at the ECW arena. And um, I was like, absolutely, let's do this. And I went with her, um, was totally fascinated by it. She's one of those people that kind of knows everybody in the world, but with like no explanation to how she met them. <laughs> and um, I ended up meeting Drew Gulak through her and nice. got into a conversation with him about training and talked to him all summer break long after my freshman year of college. And literally the day I landed, the next day I was at the CZW Wrestling Academy training under Drew. And so, that started it. <laughs> so tell me a little about CZW at that time, because I know a lot of people are now familiar with CZW, but back then it wasn't as widely known. So tell me a little bit about what the culture was when it came to something like that. And what was it like, you know, obviously starting to work with Drew? Um, well, I was the first female to ever train out of that school. Um, and I'm could I just talked to him recently and I believe I am also his first real student that he ever had. So Drew um, was really difficult on me uh, as he should have been. Um, Nothing was taken easy on me. If we were doing drills where we were um, like had people up on our shoulders and we were like running laps, I still had to do it even with a male partner because that's who I had to work with. Um, but it was honestly probably one of the best things that ever happened for me because I learned how to work the same way that the men, men do in wrestling. And, um, I remember for a while, like I would even be like, Oh, I hate Drew because he was so (laughs) tough on me, but now he's like 
uh, one of my best friends. He's a mentor. He's somebody like somebody I know I can talk to about anything and like he'll take care of me. And um, it's funny because me and like Wheeler Yuda is another one who's one of his trainees um, after me. And like, if we ever see each other, we're like, have you talked to dad lately? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's like, he's uh, definitely a tough trainer. That's for sure. But it's worth it. Yeah, we we talked to so many different wrestlers and it really boils down to who you get. And the experience that you have that propels you to the business, either really loving it or really hating it. We've talked to some people and they've said, my training experience wasn't that great. And I really fell out of love with it. But it seems like you had a passion for it. And then working with Drew, it just kind of energized it even more. Mm-hmm. And I, the whole time I was training, I was always saying, like, I want to be just as good as the boys. I don't want to be looked at as different. Like, why do I have to be? I'm in here working just as hard as them and doing all the same things. Like, that's how I want to be perceived. And he, he gave me a platform to be that. So when you, you first start into wrestling, was there anybody in addition to Drew who kind of pulled you aside and, you know, kind of took you under their wing or recognized your talent? Um, My original trainers uh, were Drew Gulak, um, Black G's, uh, uh, B-Boy, and Sammy Callahan. So those were the four I started with, but Drew was definitely like my number one and the one who continued with me. So with CZW, obviously we know that it's more of a a brutal and intense type of wrestling style. Did you have any idea as far as what you wanted to do as far as wrestling style when you first were getting involved? Or was it just, I want to get trained and then wherever I go is wherever I go? Um, At that time, I knew like I didn't want to get too deep into the hardcore stuff. I And don't get me wrong, like I have such a respect for that style of wrestling and the people that do that and it it is its own art form um in and of itself in my opinion and it takes a special kind of person with a special kind of passion to do it um however I knew that I wanted to be more like uh, more of a hard-hitting like um you kind of I don't know, using my dance, I guess, some background somewhat to my advantage in my wrestling. I was always trying to find, like, unique kicks and things I could do because I was a dancer. Um, But the number one thing I always, always said was I want to do intergender wrestling. And so that's why I did so much of it for so long and still do. Why do you think that was so taboo before it became more mainstream? Do you think it was... The believability aspect of, you know, here in wrestling, we're here to suspend disbelief, right? And then Mm -hmm. so many people would say, oh, well, this wouldn't make sense or this match would be so lopsided. Why do you think people started coming around to it? Um, I think it a lot of the things, too, that were difficult were just the um, the potential to look like domestic violence and. My argument for that is always, yes, we're here to suspend disbelief, but it's it's no secret that wrestling is um, more of a stunt athlete art form than anything else is how I like to put it. And um, if we can go to the movie theater and we can watch, I don't know, Wonder Woman get com- like just obliterated by a dude, but then in the end she comes back and wins. It's telling a story, and in wrestling, we're doing the same thing. And it, it people just needed to 
suspend their disbelief and get into the stories. And I think over time, that started to happen more and more. And it's been pretty amazing. With wrestling, I find it fascinating, especially after the physicality of your being trained to do different things, different moves, you get your cardio going. Character development and, and learning how to do a promo, were there some things that, you know, Drew lent to you as far as the the personality side of it, or did you always feel really comfortable with, you know what, once I get in front of people, I have no problem whatsoever with, with letting that come out. Um, I have been fortunate that because I grew up in front of people and in theater and dance and things like that, that I was always comfortable um, if I was handed a microphone. So that wasn't really too difficult for me. Um, but I, I also have a side of me that can be very shy. And one of the games I remember vividly playing on many a road trip is just the promo game. And he'd be like, all right, cut a promo on that light post. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like or just random stuff like that. Or even like in some of his training drills, he'd be like, okay, now do this drill like you're a malfunctioning robot. Like just the most random stuff in the world. But it, it would make you break out of your comfort zone and have to figure out how to make that work. Like how does a malfunctioning robot run the ropes? Like what am I, you know? And so it, and that also even kind of came a little bit from Mike Quackenbush, I think is where he got some of those drill ideas. Um, and just anything to kind of make you think outside the box and just, cutting random promos and it's it's a lot of practice makes perfect with promos and learning um i guess what steps you can take if you get into a situation where you need a second to think like how do you give yourself that second when you're in front of a live audience you know what i mean and um he helped me with that a lot yeah i remember very fondly a um i don't know if it's on bte but uh, eddie kingston was was cutting a uh, a promo on a chocolate chip cookie, and yep. uh, it was it's it's one of those things where people don't realize how hard that can be, mm-hmm. and it is not easy. Um, there's so many things about wrestling that are so difficult. Not only the physicality, the talking, the walking, the character, all of that stuff, and and the grind as well. Um, let me ask you a little bit about traveling. So. What was it like, obviously, when you're in wrestling and you're traveling all the time? Is that something that you really liked a lot? Because some wrestlers say they like it. We talked to the Beer City Bruiser, and he said he loved the traveling aspect. But sometimes it's not for everybody. What was your take on just constantly being on the road? Um, Definitely a love-hate relationship. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> being on the road for 13 hours to do one show and then jump back in, the, like, that's rough. Like, it is hard on your body. It ruins your sleep schedule. There's there's a lot of things you got to take into consideration when you're doing things like that. And, um, I mean, it was definitely a lot easier when I was younger. <laughs> um, these days, it takes a little bit more to get me to do something like that. Um, but I've also kind of taken the time to build up the repertoire to be able to say kind of dictate what I need more per se but um you know some of my like best friends and things have been made because we're stuck on the road trapped in a car together and you know it's a bond that 
most people don't get to experience. So the travel is pretty cool also. And I've, I've gotten to go to some places that I never thought I would get to go to um, all over the world. And I, I wouldn't trade that for anything. We were once told by many wrestlers that the two places you learn the most, nothing against training and whatnot, but the bar and the car. And uh, two places that you you hear so much about and you learn so much and people pick each other's brains and they critique each other. Would you agree with that statement? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's And there's also kind of an unwritten rule that what's said in the car stays in the car. And so it's like whatever you're talking about or discussing, like that is between whoever is in that discussion at that time and it doesn't leave that moment. And so it, it, it's, it's a cool special sort of bond and there's also like you don't sleep in the car like if you're in the front seat you stay up with the driver and keep them up and like it's just there's little road rules that we all follow and um like i said it's it's a unique bond that a lot of people don't get to experience i often felt like it would be great television if wrestlers and we have that uh what do they call it carpool karaoke but if like wrestlers had gopros like all wrestlers even on the indie scene, they had GoPros installed in their cars. And obviously there would be things that'd be edited out, but just some of the funny stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, the joking and the laughing. And I, I think that's where a lot of memories, like you said before, where they come from and what makes wrestling so enjoyable. Because like you said before, the grind to do what you love to do for maybe 10, 15 minutes, and that may be even pretty long, to jump back into the car and then to do a drive right back for 12, 13 hours. I mean, that's got to be just excruciating. Yeah, it, it it definitely is a difficult thing. And I've done that drive with one other person. So like, it it's a lot. It's a lot. But we all have this drive and passion for this business. And so we do it. All right. I always have to ask people crazy, if you feel comfortable, car stories, crazy, like, wait a minute, if I wasn't there, I would have never believed someone telling me the story. We've heard people say, that there have been literally no joke, a bear, a, a bear on the side of the road, and they went ahead and went to play with it, um, which, hey, teach their own, not for me. Um, crazy experiences at Waffle Houses, very, very late at night slash early in the morning. Um, anything that you had that was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening to us right now? Um, nothing that happened to me personally, but... Um... I do remember a story once, I believe it was Allison Kay and Sassy Steffi were driving in for a show where they were supposed to wrestle me and Annie Social, and they were legitimately hit by a horse and buggy. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> like, horse went through the front window of their car. Like, oh, no. Like, the horse died? Yeah, the horse passed away, unfortunately. Oh, I'm sorry um, for laughing now. Oh, my God. But no, it, but like the whole situation was like, wait, what? I guess the guy who was driving the horse and buggy, because we know Amish country is around the PA area. Correct. Um, and they were in that. I guess the guy had had a stroke or something like that while he was oh, driving no. it. So he just kind of went off and it hit their car. Um, but everyone was fine except for the poor horse, unfortunately, but oh everyone was fine. Um, and they actually ended up making it to the show still, um, crazily enough. So it, but yes, that is a thing that had happened and I've heard about. 
that's uh, trauma that's traumatizing i mean that's yeah. like a that's a freaky freaky thing to have happen yeah yeah and like they even cut said something about it in the promo because i i don't think they ended up wrestling that night just because they were obviously sore from being in a car accident but they came out and cut a promo about like we were literally hit by a horse <laughs> so... oh my gosh so when you had started out in wrestling obviously female wrestling women's wrestling had really started to to change and evolve and, and get more mainstream attention when you look at the way it was when you first went ahead and broke in versus where we are today do you feel like we've made really great progress do you feel like promotions could do more to promote and highlight women's wrestling or like you said before intergender wrestling where women are more towards the top of the card or do you think we're, we're getting there um i mean it's like it's absolutely night and day from when i first started when i first started i was told that i need to go get my boobs done and don't get tattoos and you need to fall into this diva like mold um but now all i would say all body types and everything are more accepted and you know it's just it's a beautiful thing to see and a lot more women are main eventing and um, is there still more work to be done? Oh, absolutely. But the strides that have been made in the last 13 years have been pretty amazing. Yeah. We've definitely heard from several people that uh, the encouragement we'll say of cosmetic surgery and whatnot um, it messes with people's minds. It, it really does, especially young girls and that's definitely not the impression that you want to put in someone's head who is passionate for this business and wants to work in this business. And then they're told, well, it's not really based upon your talent, but it's heavily based upon a certain look. But now we're kind of changing that mold a little bit now. Do you feel like a lot of people had gone through a lot of psychological stuff when it came to body image when it comes to women in the business? Oh, yeah. And it, it, it's still going on by all means. There's not a day that goes by where somebody doesn't chime in and say I'm fat. Like it, the amount of harassment that still goes on, it, it's all still there. And um, I, I even feel like certain products are kind of taking steps backwards now. Um, <laughs> just that's my humble opinion. Like there's a lot of people that were assigned to a big company that aren't anymore. And the people that are sticking around are starting to look like the plastic Barbie dolls again. And I mean, it is what it is, but it, to me, it's kind of depressing because if we're going to claim to be all inclusive and that we want to show diversity, like you need to stick to that. And, um, and it, it, women are just as talented as the men, if not more talented, some of them. And like it, that's one of the things that I've loved so much about working for impact wrestling is I feel like everybody is represented and everybody has a voice and um, it's not all about like the cookie cutter image that we've all been trained um, to expect, I guess. And um, it, it's, it's nice having everything be accepted because, and, and don't get me wrong. Like if you've had certain like, 
body modifications done like one could argue that for me tattooing is my body modification and that it is what it is like but it it needs to be something for you that you want to do to make yourself happy not something that you do to make this business happy because in the end wrestling is going to disappear and you're going to be stuck with whatever you did well said no i agree with you um let me ask you this question. So I'm going to get back to some people that you've had the chance to work with because I, I think that's a, a great conversation. But what about the clickiness in wrestling? I, that, that's the big thing that normally comes up in conversations that I have with, with wrestlers is, unfortunately, it, it very much is that way. P people are broken down into little groups, if you will. Does it feel in some ways, because this is a phrase people have used, sometimes it feels like going back to high school. It, it, is it in that way in some situations? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there is a lot of behind the scenes, like politics and trying to get yourself to a certain spot and it can be very clicky. Um, I have been lucky enough to not really run into too much of that, but I'm also like, excuse my French, but I'm a no bullshit type of person. Like if I hear something I'm going straight to you. Like, I'm not going to beat around the bush. That's not how I work. And nine times out of 10, I already know the answer. So I'm really just looking to see if you're going to lie to me or not. <laughs> um, and if you are, like, I don't have time for you. And that's just how I am. And don't get me wrong. Like, me and some of those types of people ha can have awesome matches. It's not a knock to their talent. But if you're going to be that sort of a person, I'm just going to put you in a different category and you're not going to be somebody I get close to or let in, so to speak. And it's just kind of a weeding out and weeding through process you have to deal with because at the end of the day, wrestling is cutthroat and people are, people are trying to take each other's spots and you, you have to be aware of that at all times and you've got to protect yourself. And there are some people that are super genuine and they want to like, I'm part of the belief that I think if we all work together, wrestling can be even more amazing um, than it already is because it takes all of us to make this happen. You can't do it by yourself. You have to have somebody willing to give you the match and put their body on the line too. And if you're not a good person, people aren't, aren't going to do that anymore. And so it, it's um, as far, like, I feel like the clickiness has kind of, also gotten a little bit better but there, there definitely is still tons of it and there's certain places where it runs pretty rampant that's for sure would you say the kimberly when you first broke in versus now obviously it's a, it's a big change it's a big difference you've grown you've seen things you have life experiences is more apt now to go up and say hey this is an idea that i have or something that i want to pitch it seems like impact wrestling from what i've heard um, is very open to wanting to hear from talent, that Scott DeMore definitely has his ear open. Would you mm -hmm. agree with that sentiment? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Impact is all about hearing what you have to say. They give us a voice. They want to know what our opinion is on things. It is definitely not like, okay, this is what you're doing. Like, it's, okay, how do you feel about this? And you can be like, I like it, but this is kind of more how I would do it. How does that sound? And then you come to a middle ground. And that's, that's how it should be, honestly, because it, you're putting yourself into this character and you you should absolutely have a way, a, a sense, I guess, of 
knowing what this character would say and you almost have to like every character you do in wrestling is an extension of yourself and so if you don't feel comfortable as yourself it's not gonna work so it it it's it's a definitely something impact does where they have you bounce ideas off of each other and it's it's awesome it's interesting i've talked to people from both wwe and aew and they said one thing that they've noticed differently and maybe you can chime in on this as well is that in one area you are told say this verbatim this is exactly what you're going to say do not deviate and then the other company says hey here's some bullet points here are the main things i want you to get across do it present it how you would do it because you are the character you you cannot write something that the character wouldn't say i think you get where i'm going with this mm-hmm. so so when it comes to impact it sounds like it's more of these are some things we'd like for you to get across but you know what it's your style and how you present it am i correct yeah absolutely and like even promos i've done there like um with uh jimmy jacobs one of our um writers uh he we would even like kind of hash out what the verbiage was going to be right there like it wasn't he would write some bullet points out or what it could be, but then you would talk it through together and be like, what if I say it like this? And he'd go, eh, what if this? Oh yeah, that's it. That's the line. Like, and so it, it, it is just because you may think one thing sounds good, but it doesn't make sense to an outside uh, a person with an outside perspective. So it, it's, it's nice to have that dynamic and to be able to bounce things back and forth until you get the correct um, way to present whatever you're presenting. It's got to be kind of cool to be in the business. You know, you've been in the business for a while now and you've seen so many different people come and go. Some people obviously stay, some people leave, some people come in and out. Um, have you taken anybody under your wing and, and just kind of said, you know what, you know, I like what you're doing, you know, keep doing what you're doing, you know, build confidence into somebody because as you said before, it, it can eat you alive. And if you're not really strong or have that support system it can it can definitely beat you down um there's definitely a handful of people that i would say like if they ever needed anything from me i would be right there um i would say like the sea stars are a couple of girls for a while when they were at chikara with me like i took them right under my wing um and i i pushed to help get them there actually um and like uh, Hot Scoop Skyler is another girl that I would do anything for um, if she asked me to. She's just such a good, genuine person um, and brings a light to this sometimes dark business. Um, and those are the ones I can think of like right off the top of my head. I haven't, I've, I've definitely helped out a lot when the Chikara School was still running and I was there. Um, but something I've never done and I've wanted to do is I've never really coached and I've never really done um, any seminars or anything like that. And teaching is something I, I know I'm good at because I, I, I've taught dance and I have a degree in it and I know how to like get movement across to people and that sort of thing. Um, so I would love to hint, hint, nudge, nudge to whoever's <laughs> listening out here. Um but it, it's just something I haven't really, really dove into all the way yet, but I would love to. It sounds like that would be right up your alley. I mean, as far as just from everything, like we said before, from a physicality standpoint, um, from a promo perspective, from a confidence perspective. And I think that's really what people are looking for in coaches 
is that, you know what, I need to know where I need to improve upon. Yeah, and I mean, hopefully soon in my future, it's something that I can do more of. Um, you know, I've been doing this for a while now and my body hurts. And um, I mean, I've even kind of toned back some of my bookings a bit just because I, 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 I can't bump all the time anymore like I used to. Um, but it's, it's definitely an avenue that I'm looking to get more into, that's for sure. So let's talk about injuries here. Um, I'm sure there's been a litany of them before, but just run down just some of the things because people know wrestling's physical, but I think a lot of times wrestlers are very humble and they continue to work through a lot of pain and discomfort. What are some of the ones that you would say, oh my gosh, I've had this, I've had this, nagging injuries here, there, just share with us some of them. Um, Well, my knees are awful and have been since dance and I've like blown them out I can't even tell you how many times but not like knock on wood a tear or anything yet but <laughs> I say yet because it could happen at any time but um like I've had a really bad high ankle sprain where they said it would have been better off, I would have been better off just breaking it um I've um I've broken my thumb in uh, it was my metacarpal, which is one of the hardest bones to break in your hand. Um, and I had to have surgery and had to have that pinned in place. Um, and like, I mean, I've got chipped teeth. I have, um, you know, just there's always something nagging. Like I have a shoulder that's been dislocated more times than I can count at this point that it just kind of falls out of joint. Oh. Um, but it's it's just part of the game and we all I don't think there is a single one of us that is in wrestling that does not walk around in some kind of pain every single day Wow. talking to uh, it's interesting you had mentioned going to the ECW arena so Mikey Whiprick uh, was telling the story to me one time he said he they had done some shows in the ECW arena and he literally got up one day and he couldn't walk so he literally had to put bags of ice on his legs and just try everything he could just to stand up because he had a match that night. And I've heard so many wrestlers say the night or the day of a match, they literally laid in bed for the majority of the day because they could not physically get up, but yet they still had to perform. And it's just, it blows my mind, the will. And that's really what it boils down to. The will of someone to get up and to go out there and still do what they do, knowing that just a few hours ago, they physically couldn't move. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's the reality of it, is it takes a big toll on our bodies, and we still push through, because if we don't wrestle, we don't get paid. And for some people, it's their only source of income, and, and you got to do what you got to do. Not to get nosy, but do you feel like the indies pay as well as they should, or do you feel like for the travel, for the gas, for the food – some people maybe break even or even go in the red on most of these these trips they go on oh well when you're brand new you absolutely go in the red don't expect to get paid like it, it's it just take it takes time to get to the point where you earn money in wrestling and that's just kind of how it goes um but i mean like i'm at a point where i can make the decision like I'm not gonna take the time off work to go do this if I'm not going to make the money that I think I deserve um but there's a lot of people who don't have that luxury yet and it to me it's honestly kind of paying your dues in a way it's 
we've all gone through it. We've all done it. Um, and you just have to get yourself to have a name to where you can get paid the money to live off of. And that's a hard one. I remember recently, Josh Alexander, uh, just recently he had on Twitter, he had a pair of um, his construction boots and his construction helmet. And he said, I finally quit my day job. And and it, it, it would blow so many people's minds that he still literally went to work every day and then still did wrestling. And, you know, it, it just tells you how long it takes mm-hmm. to be able to have this as your own own income, the sustainable thing that can pay your bills. That's uh, that's dedication. That's really, really hard. I don't, I think that's a big reason why I think a lot of people might not get into it. Cause I think they're just like, I can't do it. Yeah. It, it takes an absolute ton of willpower and some people don't have it and that's okay too. And it, it's just, you have to be willing to make a lot of sacrifices and miss a lot of holidays and funerals and weddings and so much stuff like my family's all in seattle i've every single one of my grandparents passed away and i wasn't there like it's just it's how it kind of goes and the sacrifice you make i haven't been home for holiday in a long time i'm usually wrestling like you know and it's just it it can definitely take a toll that's for sure now are you still in pennsylvania right now no i live in orlando at the moment oh nice very nice let me uh, let me go into to this one here for you. Fan interaction. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, not all of them are great. We know that uh, social media is is a great thing in some ways, and then it's people can hide behind 140 characters, and it's it's very very sad. But tell me about some really cool fan interactions that you guys have had before. That you know maybe somebody met you, or you're walking through an airport, or you know, somebody had seen you on TV. Is there any of them that really stand out that you were like, wow, this is really cool? Um, the ones that have always been the favorite for me is when I was doing um, the princess character at Chikara. And I would have little girls that would come up to me at that. At one point, I had given them my crown to watch because that was the thing I did um, <laughs> when I was in Chikara. I was like, guard this for me while I wrestle. And then they've grown up a little bit, but like, they still remember that moment and are still so excited to see me and have dressed up with me for as hollow have dressed up as me for Halloween, which is something I've never ever thought would happen. Like, who am I? You know what I mean? (laughs) But, um, you know, it's just any, any time where I've inspired the younger generation or a girl to go out and say, I'm not going to be bullied by the boys anymore because I've seen what the princess can do. And she saves herself. Like those are the moments that have made a difference for me. And I've even received emails and stuff from people saying, you know, they were suicidal at one point in their life and watching me has helped them get through that. And as somebody else who's been there before myself, um, it's, it's, a reason to keep going for me too, you know? That's awesome. That is, and those are the moments, once again, you realize why you were put in this place and why you did what you did. And it's gotta be a really, really great feeling. I mean, it it makes up sometimes for some car rides and not so great payoffs and all the other stuff that kind of comes along with it. You do get the good stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of bad. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people who feel like they can say whatever they want to you. But 
the good does absolutely outweigh the bad. Let me ask you, best match you feel like you've ever had. Is there one in particular that if you had to say, you know what, that was my, that was my, the one, the one that I felt everything came together, everything clicked, and I felt the most proud of it. Is there one or maybe one or two? Um, I would say the match, I'll go with two. So the first one is going to be when it, uh, me versus Drew Gulak at Beyond Wrestling. Um, because that was like teacher versus student. That was my Mr. Miyagi putting, giving me the green light that, okay, you've graduated now, kind of in a sense. Um, so that one will forever be one of my favorites. Um, and then probably me versus Jazzy Gabbert from the, uh, first ever May Young Classic. Um, just because I don't know if I'll ever be able to repeat the energy of that crowd. Uh, and it was just such a crazy moment to be a part of. And the first, I was one of the first and that can never be taken away from me. This is true. <laughs> what's, uh, what's left on the bucket list when it comes to wrestling? Is there anything that you still feel like you want to accomplish or are you kind of at peace? Um, I would say in a sense, yes, I am at peace. If, if, this all had to end tomorrow, I would be okay with it, but I, I still want to travel more. I want to go, I want to go back to Europe. I want to go to Australia. Um, and I would want to go to Mexico, Australia and Mexico. I've never been to. So those are both on my list. Um, but I, I, I feel proud of what I've done though as well. So I I'm okay if it had to end, but I'm not quite ready for it to yet. <laughs> If, uh, if Kimberly had to give a piece of advice to somebody right now, you have less than five minutes and uh, a person walks up to you and says, I'm thinking about training to go to wrestling school. And what would be your advice to them? Um, find a reputable school with reputable trainers that are safe. Um, find, um, don't pigeonhole yourself into training with only women definitely get in the ring and train with the men um and take no shit <laughs> and don't <laughs> let people boss you around and tell you to do things that you don't feel comfortable with say no it's okay trust me we're not gonna if if somebody is going to fault you for saying i am not comfortable with that then you need to go somewhere else shame on them then mm-hmm I love it. This has been so much fun. Um, definitely go ahead and tell everybody where they can follow you, your social media platforms, merchandise, all of that kind of stuff. Maybe some upcoming appearances. The floor is yours. Okay. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. They both have the same handle and I have a check mark on both. So I'm pretty easy to find. It is at Kimber underscore L-E-E nine zero. Um, so that's where you can follow me. Um, I, you can also look me up on pro wrestling tees. I've got some t-shirts up on there. Um, eight by tens, you kind of got to get from me when I'm at a show. Um, and as far as shows I have coming up, my next one, um, is, uh, June, no, what month is that? Yes. June 18th, um, is June 18th in, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina for the first ever wrestle deck women's show um so i am very excited for that <laughs> that's awesome that's very exciting um it's been so much fun getting a chance to chat with you and, and getting to know 
your personality and, and where you've come from and the roads you've gone up and down and just hearing some of these experiences. Any chance down the road we might be able to twist your arm and, and have you back again? Yeah, absolutely. Just let me know. I would love to come back. Awesome. Guys, that is Kimberly. Kimberly, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you down the road. Absolutely. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, guys. Once again, that's what makes this so much fun, is being able to talk to wrestlers and, and find out their story. Everyone has a story, and, and I know I sound like a broken record when I say that, but you know, from everyone we've talked to, how they broke into wrestling was very unique. Some people just were fans. Some people were at a gym. She was working in a haunted house, and she happened to know people who wanted to go to a show and this, that, and whatever, six degrees to Kevin Bacon. So there's no right or wrong way to get into an industry. But once you get in, that's really when the rubber hits the asphalt, and you have to prove yourself. And I think Kimberly definitely did. She has seen some incredible successes. And she's been an advocate for women's wrestling and intergender wrestling as well. All right, with that being said, it has been so much fun. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I have. Remember, each and every Friday, our podcasts drop for our material and future stars now. And also, each and every day, you get a daily dose of headlines. It's a daily podcast. It's a one-stop shop where you can find out everything that's happening in the world of professional wrestling that is trending on all the wrestling websites. You can find all of these podcasts anywhere fine podcasts are made available. With that being said, I am Mike Freeland, and I will catch you next time on the Front Row Material brand. The Rolling.